This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, is Denver moving in the right direction? What Denverites really think might surprise you. The brand new Colorado Polling Institute has a major local issues poll out, so me and Westward editor Patty Calhoun are breaking down the cold, hard numbers. Plus, stick around to the end of the show, because I've got a sponsored interview about handmade cutting boards and chess boards with the founder of our sponsor, Bad Boy Boards. Is he the bad boy of bad boy boards? Only one way to find out. Today is Tuesday, September 12th. I'm Paul Caroli, in for Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Patty Calhoun, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thanks so much. So, Patty, there's a new polling service in town. They've got uh, a couple of interesting new polls out. But before we dive into the numbers, I think we have to talk about this group and what it means that there is a new poll of the Denver public. Why is this interesting to you, Patty? Well, polling is interesting because it, it used to be the only way you would really get a feel for how people felt about specific issues. And it used to always be done over the phone back in the days when people only had landlines mm -hmm. and pollsters were really people you counted on. If you looked over the last several elections, usually you're either very surprised, the pollsters have been surprised, presidential elections for sure, or you discover people really aren't polling because it's expensive or it's not easy to do now when you don't have landlines, when you only have cell numbers. So you get a very, especially over the last 10 years, as people move to cells, you got very skewed results. Hmm. But polling in general, unless you happen to be at a media outlet that has people telling you what they think all the time, that's really where people get their feeling for what people are thinking out there. So when you got the press release about this new Colorado Polling Institute that was launching with this big poll, was were you surprised then because it's just been trending out for so long? Oh, not surprised at all because I frankly was surprised there hadn't been more polling during the mayor's race, for example. I was too. Because now they're expensive. And so you have to figure out who's going to pay to do them. Media outlets sometimes do them if they really care and if they have some money. I think Nine News did a couple. You do mm -hmm. sometimes have academics do them. But you can also have groups that might have vested interests, whether personal or professional, one way or the other, also pay for polls. So this was interesting to me because it's a brand new polling group. Mm -hmm. Curtis Hubbard, who was doing their PR and working with them, very respected, was a working journalist, now is involved much more in political consulting. But you looked at it and you thought, this is interesting. Some There's a new player in the area. And it's not just a new player polling, but also affecting what we talk about. Because that's what happens when a poll comes out. We're talking about it now. We're talking about things we might not have been talking about before this poll came out. And it's how people in Denver allegedly feel but it's maybe 420 people in Denver 
allegedly feel and how were those people chosen and how were they asked the questions yeah that was that's you're you're getting an interesting tension around this at least to me because i was at the um now after the poll came out i i reached out to the polling institute for an interview and they they said we'd love to invite you instead to this zoom conference where we're going to present the poll and the results and talk about it and so we didn't get a lot of time um for questions but one of the things they made very clear at the beginning was we're doing this because the local media doesn't do it anymore because it doesn't make economic sense and also we think it's important that there's an independent group that can present just the cold hard facts of how people really feel instead of the loudest voices in the media and they said that specifically and i think they're talking about you and me very possibly, although there are other loud voices in the media. But media outlets didn't do a lot of polls that weren't election related. So we have to remember that. You know, you do have Colorado College does a big annual State of the West poll. A lot of academics do those state of the city or the state of the state. But usually when media outlets did it, it was directly related to an upcoming election. Here we have one that is after the election, although there is another election coming up and, yeah. uh, in November, but this is Denver specific and Denver's election was in April. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The timing is interesting. I mean, I, I think uh, the people who may be behind it, it seems like they were just working for some of the folks who were running for mayor. That's what the timing says to me that now that doing this new thing, now that the, the last election is over. But they also said that it's going to be like a longitudinal effort. So the questions they ask this first time, they're going to keep asking so we can start tracking data over time, which I am I am so excited right. about. I mean, it is fascinating. What is also fascinating is that we really don't know who's paying for it yet. Right. And when you're talking about political people being involved, people who were involved in the last election – who in politics wasn't involved in the last election in Denver when you had 17 candidates? I mean, everyone <laughs> right. who is remotely interested in politics was involved pretty much in that. But it is going to be fascinating to track. And also what is interesting to track is how much coverage they got from one poll of oh, just yeah. over 400 people. So the Denver Gazette on Monday had a whole analysis on the front page based on what had come out. We've heard some of the more interesting tidbits come out. But again, it's 420 people answering very specific questions. Well, they, they address that as well, because uh, the, the sample size, I think people who, who aren't familiar with polling, like that does seem like a very small number. I think that is kind, I think that is it's par pretty, for the it's course. It's a pretty average sample size, but the they say amount- it's more than the norm. Well, arguably, but I would say the amount of attention it's gotten is way outside the norm. Hmm. The amount of media attention, and I think that is because people are hungry for things to follow. Yeah. Something real to grab hold well, of. Well, is it real? I mean, I know that, for example, one question <laughs> that politics. came up here was RTD. Yeah. How do people feel about RTD? And this poll happened to come out the same week we ran a piece about problems on the E-line leaving the Weezer concert at Fiddler's Green. And that was a very specific issue, although I had just been giving a guy a ride to work who was complaining that he had to take get a ride to work because the E-line wasn't working going downtown in the morning, not after Fiddler's Green. We posted that story and immediately got hundreds of responses. I would say probably more than 400 responses in this poll, maybe two in favor of RTD, other horror stories, hundreds of horror stories. Now, again, people are moved to respond when they have something horrible to say. Yeah. It's rare that they'll say something nice, 
even if they agree with us, you know, if they disagree with the story, just to say, I love RTD. Yeah, yeah, which is the advantage of a poll like this. And and this polling institute, now that we're, we're getting into the results a little bit, um, let's just do it. Um, they did ask these 400 people, uh, how do you feel about RTD? And they found, surprising to me, 54.7% say favorable. Right, favorable which views I would of RTD. say- More than half. Right, and I had just gotten all these responses right. that said- no. And maybe you, you think about it and you don't know, was there a follow-up question, do you take RTD and not just A-line to the airport, mm. but do you rely on RTD every day? And follow-up questions like that are important because the people who reached out to me were trying to rely on RTD, maybe not for going to work every day, but for going to special events, to the ball arena, so they weren't trying to park and clogging up traffic. And they were very unhappy. So the 54%, I'm like... That is really interesting because I didn't see it. Fascinating. All right. So we're going to dig into a lot more of the results of this poll after a quick break, including the big question, is Denver moving in the right direction? This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, and we're back. Patty, so the big headline, I think, I mean, it grabbed, it created a lot of those headlines you were talking about was this this number one question from the poll, I think, and it found that in response to the question, is Denver moving in the right direction or is Denver off on the wrong track? The answers are dead even. 43% or 44% say uh, yes and 44, 43% say no. What do you make of that? No surprise is what I would say any editor or manager of a media outlet who is listening to people would know that's the case. I mean, mm-hmm. last year we did our whole cover story on Denver losing its mojo. And we've returned to that because people feel very unevenly about this city right now. The big difference with this poll is these are actually Denver specific people, not people in the suburbs who've been listening to a certain talk radio host, mm-hmm. but people downtown, uh, people in Denver proper. So it was interesting that people feel that way, except that, don't you think that's what people feel like when you go out and talk to them? It's like 50-50. It feels about right to me. It feels about right. So if we're doing our job, we should know that and we should be doing stories about it 
before we have to get a poll to do the stories. <laughs> but everyone jumped on the poll. Well, there's another wrinkle to the poll. And this was not actually in the their first reports. This was from the, the briefing they had on Friday. So I'm not sure you know this. Maybe I'm reporting this for the first time to you. Um, but the guy who did the polling, at least one of them, his name is Kevin Ingham. He runs a polling firm for Democrats called Aspect Strategies. And he said he's actually been asking this specific question of Denverites for the last 15 years, this favorability of Denver generally. He said it was a really distinct change around 2017, 2018, where it went from around two thirds of Denverites saying we're moving in the right direction to now about 50-50. Again, I don't think that's so surprising when you think about the drumbeat of people in before the pandemic. So 2017, 2016, 2017, prices were already going up for housing Mm -hmm. and the hatred of transplants. Again, Mm -hmm. when you hear responses to certain stories you've done that people were already feeling discontented then because it was getting less affordable. You saw these huge apartment complexes going up. The things you loved about Denver, including some longtime institutions, were already beginning to disappear. But so that I'm not surprised that the trend went that way because you certainly saw it getting worse when housing costs got higher and higher after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to another hot button issue. This was probably the biggest issue in the mayoral race earlier this year, and that was the question of homelessness. Um, So they polled specifically on uh, sweeps, the encampment sweeps that former Mayor Hancock was doing, and now Mayor Mike Johnston is doing. Um, So they asked people, what do you think of Johnston's policy, which is continue the sweeps in the case of health and safety risks uh, with 72 hours notice? The people of Denver seem to support that policy, 65% support. What do you think about that, Patty? Again, if you are out and about and talking to people in the city and you're using the city, you see that people are really upset. And it's not just people who happen to be driving by or want to go into a business. It's the people who run the businesses themselves. If you talk to the Mercury Cafe or you talk to the British Bulldog or you talk to some of the places in downtown Denver, and it's not just downtown, Capitol Hill, places along Broadway are getting hit. People are really concerned about it. So when you have the sweeps and it's for public health and public safety, it doesn't surprise me that 65% would say that. Yeah. When you see what certain parts of Denver look like. Now, you might poll people in other cities and get exactly the same. I mean, I think Michael has presented himself as being very interested in making sure people can be housed. You're talking about Johnston? Johnston, mm-hmm. right, not Hancock. So he might, it might be that people felt safer saying we support the sweeps because they know he is trying to come up with a plan that will get people off the streets. So there will be alternatives out there. But I would guess if you poll the country, it would be a much higher percentage in favor of sweeps. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right, though, about that nuance of the yeses, the favorable voters here in Denver on the sweeps question, because the the different approach from Hancock to Johnston and the change and like the increase in like at least the projection of empathy from Johnston. Empathy and we are taking charge. We are doing something. We have a plan. Will we get a thousand people off the street into housing by the end of December as he campaigned and continues to say, let's hope so. Yeah. But that's the backdrop, I think, for people feeling maybe free, even in liberal Denver, which is you could get into uh, the Gazette here. Um, You know, that wasn't such a lefty response. Sixty five people saying sweeps are okay. Yeah, for sure. And well, that did skew. I mean, if you go down into the cross tabs of the polls and they they were pretty transparent about uh, giving all the numbers for the polls, which I appreciate and um, increases trust for me personally. Oh, 
I mean, they but did the, a the really good professional yeah. job, but it still is interesting how much buzz it created. Yeah, yeah. So whoever's paying for it, they got their money's worth. <laughs> um, the other wrinkle on the sweeps question, I thought this was a revelation to me. I'd never heard this before, but um, they were explaining their uh, how the support for the sweeps broke down. And they said that they had um, AI look at all of the data and the AI used some advanced statistical analysis to determine that there are generally three groups of Denver voters. There's the like older liberals who have been here a long time. There's the smaller group of the conservative leaning Denver voters. And then there's this new group, which is like 40% of voters who are relatively recent transplants, very progressive, super highly educated. And that's the group that seems to be more divided on sweeps than any other, according to the poll. Again, that doesn't surprise me because a lot of those people are living where there are the more the most encampments. Mm. If you are a newcomer to Denver, younger, more progressive, odds are good you're living in Rhino or in Capitol Hill or in some of those downtown areas or uptown. You're not living in a single family home in Wash Park, but you're living in a place where you're seeing this. So they might be mixed. And again, I think Michael Johnston's position has given people an, an opportunity to say, I support the sweeps with the understanding because. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mike Johnston because uh, they asked about him too in this poll and uh, the favorability numbers seem not bad. 46% favorable, 22% unfavorable. Uh, this was taken about a month into his term. So I mean, how much can we really say here? But what do you make of the support for Mike Johnston here so far? I would think that seems fair that it is he hasn't made a huge misstep that might have really swung it differently. You have a lot of people who are undecided, obviously, but I think it sounds okay for him. Mm -hmm. um, now, city council, uh, same story. I mean, they're very new. It's only a month into their term that this poll happened, but their favorability ratings were m much lower. It was only 38% favorable, where 33% unfavorable. That's because probably if you're talking about specific Denverites, they know their council person. Mm -hmm. They paid maybe more attention to their council person, the council races. And some of those races were ugly. You know, you did yeah. get very divisive. So that could be more how they feel about their neighborhood than how they feel about Denver government. Hmm. I wonder. This was another surprising result. They say 71% of Denver voters found uh, DIA favorable. The DIA response was the one that really made me want to drill down into this poll, because when you talk to people, especially right now about DIA in Denver, mm -hmm. they're like, it's a nightmare to get through. You have to wait too long in lines. This isn't what we were promised. If they happen to have been here long enough to remember what they were promised. I haven't heard anything from anyone I know about DIA lately who thinks it's great? Those are people living in Denver. People who fly through or connect on planes, they're having a good time, but they're not the people who are polled. Mm -hmm. In general, they come back and the only thing they wish is that they knew that we're under construction because it gets confusing as you leave. Mm -hmm. But they're not the people who are, you know, they're not the people who are polled here. Yeah, that, that, that kind of squares with something that the pollster said on uh, Friday at the briefing. They were like, yeah, you know, DIA, people generally like it, even though they might not say they like the individual projects, like the specific construction thing. That the endless construction yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the construction thing. Um, DPS, DPS, we kind of already knew this story, but the polling just seemed to confirm it that uh, the DPS board, Denver Public Schools board, um, is very unpopular. In, but in fact, it's, it's worse than some might have even expected. There are more people, 27%, with a very negative view of the board 
than uh, people with positive views at all. Right. And this is one you did not need a poll to know no. because this is when the media has absolutely been covering the incredibly dysfunctional school board. And it would be impossible not to come up with an opinion of Denver Public Schools, whether you have kids there, just by walking past a TV screen or happening to open your phone. The coverage of DPS has been ruthless, but fair, I think. So we're looking at the next election coming up in November. They did specifically ask about candidates for the school board. Doesn't surprise me that most people didn't know who they'd be voting mm -hmm. for yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the tall the, or the highest uh, the highest polling candidate was polling at like 5% or something. Right. Because pe people just haven't plugged in yet. Or they just know they don't. Yeah, they don't want to vote for who's there, maybe, yeah. and they're beginning to research who are the options. Yeah, the, the pollsters they described the, a poll like this as showing uh, a change environment. So I think we can expect some new faces on the school board after November. Well, we only have three slots open though, so there are not going to be That's that true. many new faces. That's true, Patty. I guess uh, big picture to just pull back and and look at this whole poll. Like, what does this tell us about where Denver's at? Let's say you're Mayor Mike Johnston. You're looking at this. You're a few months into this. What are you taking away from this poll? If I'm Mike Johnston, I'm taking away from this poll. I think I can continue do it going the direction I'm going. Obviously, with the sweeps issue, he came out okay. And that they people want to be talked to. They want to be listened to. That was a big concern during Hancock. And we're now seeing it with his 78 town hall meetings. Mike Johnston is listening to people. So when you have people who want to be heard about developments in their area, he gets that. So you would continue on that way. I think the bigger message is for the media and in a lot of ways, how easy it is to manipulate us into talking about certain things. Mm -hmm. You put out a poll and all of a sudden you're getting a lot of coverage, mm -hmm. including a front page story in the Gazette and obviously many other stories. We've already done two and we're not done. But it's a lesson with the smaller, smaller media, how easy it is sometimes if you're smart and how to get conversations going. Yeah. Well, what do you think, though, about about this as an editor, you know, as you, as someone who's shaping Westward's coverage of Denver? How do you take the information from this poll into account? Well, if we're doing our job, we are saying we're already on this. We've already been talking about losing mojo and what people want to do and reminding people why they want to go out in the city. But we're actually planning on doing our own poll, oh, cool. which is counter to what I originally wanted to do, which is just go stand in a grocery store exit line for a whole day because <laughs> I figured we could get 400 people. Maybe, and that's yeah. also tempting, too, because it's a different way to do a poll because mm -hmm. geographically it would already be skewed. But it's a reminder my biggest takeaway, it's a reminder you need to listen to people who are in your area and not make assumptions about what they want because they change all the time. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Patty Calhoun, I think we're going to have to talk about this when they put out another one of these, I think, quarterly. Or um, when I'm done at the grocery store line. <laughs> or when you're done at the store. Um, but thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. And now, please enjoy this sponsored interview with Brad Kellum of Bad Boy Boards, because they're opening their very first retail location this week. So if you're looking for the perfect gift for the home cook in your life, or maybe a sweet handcrafted chessboard, Bad Boy Boards has got you covered. Plus, stick around for a special offer exclusively for CityCast Denver listeners. Brad Kellum, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, Paul. So, Brad, I have to ask you this first because you all have advertised on the show before, and I think people are going to be wondering, 
Are you the bad boy of bad boy boards? We get asked that a lot. And we have on our crew, I'm a, I'm a retired firefighter. We have another retired firefighter uh, or, well, an active duty firefighter that's about to retire. And then we have two Afghanistan war veterans. And so we do have some bad boys in the shop. Heck yeah. I, I love it. That's such a interesting crew you brought together to make these boards. I got to hear the whole story. How'd you, uh, how'd you come to this? So back in 2021, I started making chess boards in my garage at home. I live in uh, Castle Rock and I just became addicted to woodworking. We started selling our chess boards at the local farmer's markets in Parker and Castle Rock. And we were inundated with people asking us for cutting boards, different cutting boards, like face grain cutting boards, different sizes, different colors to match their kitchen. And so we started making cutting boards in the garage and just grew to love it. And our business has expanded. So now we're opening our first retail store. So now it's a cutting board slash chess board business. You're doing all the boards? That's correct. Yeah, we're doing all the boards. Wow. What's so different and special about these boards as opposed to other cutting boards I might have used? Our hardwood boards are priced in the same range and better as the boards you find at the big box stores, except they're made locally from hands you can shake. Most cutting boards will be imported, cheaper woods. They come in plastic sleeves. You really can't uh, touch them. It's a little impersonal. So what we do is at our retail facility, we make the boards on site. You can watch us make the boards. We make them from locally sourced hardwoods. Well, we start from scratch and go to the, uh, a finished product right here at Bad Boy. So I can walk in your new retail shop, which is opening soon. I could order a board and then I could watch you make it? We have boards in the, sh in the retail showroom that are ready for sale that can, that can go right now. Also, if you don't see a board that fits your particular need, we can take that order right there on the spot and turn around a cutting board for you in about 48 hours. Wow. So obviously, uh, the, the wooden boards, they're prettier. But other than just the aesthetics, is there some benefit for the home cook using the board over plastic? The plastic boards are known to harbor bacteria, where mm. the natural hardwood boards are organically antibacterial. So just a little soap and water. We have our care product package. You can treat it with some oil. I'm curious about that care package you mentioned, because you all very kindly dropped off a bad boy board at my home, and I have been loving it so far. But it came with this kit of other products like to clean the board or, or take care of it that I've never seen before. I'm just not familiar with that. Tell me about that. How do I use those? We developed those while woodworking. We developed our own wax, our own wood butter, and our cutting board oil in conjunction with my wife. She worked in the skincare business, and so she's sort of a chemist. <laughs> she, she helped us create a wood wax and oil that we liked better than the major competitor on the market. Our wax goes on smooth. It leaves a, a really great shine. Our applicator sponge is this, is a makeup sponge. It's really easy to use. It's it's very cool. So that bad boy board is going to stay nice for me for years to come. I appreciate that. 
Brad, I understand that you have a special offer for CityCast Denver listeners who might be interested in a bad boy board. We sure do. We are opening to the public on September 16th, but for CityCast listeners, we're going to open on the 14th. And so the first five people uh, in the door, we open at 10 a.m. And the first five people in the door that mentioned CityCast will receive a complimentary uh, cutting board, a set of care products, and and it comes in uh, our own bad boy tote that we sew here on site. Well, Brad, this has been so great. Thank you so much for spending time with me. There's one last thing we got to do. We got to tell listeners where they can find out more about you. You can come to the Bad Boys Retail uh, Center at Littleton, Colorado, and visit us at badboyboards.com. You can use our 3D builder to build your own custom board on our website. Well, Brad Kellum, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Paul. If you're in the market for a handcrafted cutting board or chessboard, check out badboyboards.com today. You can find that link in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a recent transplant about us? Rate the show five stars wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. RTD, woohoo!